0: Welcome to the MILF BOD podcast. Mindful, intuitive, lifestyle, fitness. An all-encompassing wellness resource for women featuring some of the most successful, influential mothers and experts out there. I'm your host Cherokee Luker, mother, model, fitness trainer, and wellness enthusiast. Join me as we dive into all things MILF. Welcome back to the Bod podcast, everybody. I'm so excited to be here today with my beautiful guest and friend, Cara Cook. Cara is a mother to two beautiful boys, Chaplin and Ozzy, whom she just gave birth to two months ago, a wife to Luke Cook, who is also a fellow podcast host himself of a show called The Zaddy Zone, very on brand, MILF and Zaddy. Kara is also a very accomplished stylist and a creative consultant. This episode is packed with so many little nuggets of wisdom, and Kara's New Zealand slash Aussie accent is just absolutely delish. We discuss riding the wave of success, the importance of sleep, sunshine, and social connection. Taking risks, her serendipitous love story, her beautiful relationship with her mother, and her two very different birth experiences with her sons. You guys are going to love this episode just as much as I did. So, with that, please welcome Cara Cook to the show. Enjoy. All right, you guys, calling all creatives of LA or anyone traveling to the LA area in need of an event space, photo studio, content location, video space, production services, or grip services. Issue Studio is a unique photo, video, and event space, and Issue offers full-service production in an exclusive, intimate, and private boutique environment. The space is so beautifully curated, you guys, and I can't tell you how many shoots I've done at Issue that have turned out to be some of my favorite shoots to date. Not to mention a bunch of amazing events I've attended over the years where the studio gets completely transformed into the best atmosphere for the perfect party. Also, you guys, the wallpaper in the makeup room is absolutely iconic and it's perfect for the Instagram feed. So I highly recommend Issue Studio for any brand or any influencer looking to elevate their image. It is seriously the most beautiful studio I've ever shot at and I've shot out a lot of studios here in LA and it's just so clean, it's centrally located, there's a huge parking lot, which is huge here in LA. So go check it out at issuephotostudio.com to find more details about how you can book this amazing space for your next photo shoot, video production, content creation, party, event, whatever it is that any of you creatives need here in LA, issue studio, has got you. So, go check it out. So, welcome Kara to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. It's such an honor to have you. So, I would love for you to introduce yourself to the audience and give us a little summary of your story and who you are and how you've gotten to where you are now.
1: Sure. Well, my name's Kara. And As you can probably tell from my accent, I am not a native to the US. <laughs> I was born in New Zealand and when I was four years old, my family moved to Sydney in Australia, which is where I grew up and went to school and started my career. When I was like, I think 12, maybe, I started modeling over there and I hated it. Like I hated modeling so much, but I loved the element of watching the stylist behind the scenes and like I was really inspired by all the creatives that I would meet on set. So I was like, how do I still stay in this like kind of realm of work but not have to be in front of the camera? Yeah, be behind the scenes. Right. So that kind of led me to become a stylist and I landed a job at a television network in Australia. I was there for six years, like ended up working my way up to the top, like climbing the Corporate ladder there. And I ended up being in charge of the whole network.
0: Amazing.
1: All the shows across the entire network, which was an incredible job. But I kind of got to a point, you know, working in a corporate world where I was like just not challenged anymore. I, you know, I could kind of do my job with my eyes closed a little bit. It kind of became like a formula. I was like, yep, you are in a blue jacket and you are in a floral dress. Like it wasn't challenging me creatively like it used to. So I was like, okay, like, where's the next challenge? Like, where do I go? And I was like, oh, Hollywood, I should go there, (laughs) which is crazy because I had such a great job. You know, I like people thought I was insane when I told them I was going to leave my job. But anyway, I'd visited LA a bunch and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give it a go. And I applied for a visa and I moved to LA in 2017. And I've been here now since then. And I, I met my husband here and now we have two little boys, a two-year-old chaplain and a two-month-old Ozzy. Mm. And yeah, now we call LA home.
0: That is an amazing story. So yes, congratulations by the way on he is you. He's two months now?
1: Yeah. So he was born on the 15th of November. So he's what? He's almost three months.
0: Oh my gosh. That is crazy. I think so that day that we ran into each other at the park with Chaplin um, yes. and Hunter, didn't you go into labor that same night?
1: Yes. That oh night. my god! And I was like going down the the rolly slide at that yeah. park with my kid. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I think that's maybe what put me into labor. To be honest, that slide I'm is sure. Whack. Yeah, but looking <laughs> back, I was like, wow, I was really like getting out there. But you know, as as you know, if you want to try and induce labor naturally. That's kind of what you have to do. So
0: yep, that's the best yeah, way to worked. do it. Amazing. I know. I remember seeing you that day and I was like very excited that I got to see you, you know, your last day being pregnant. Right. And then literally the next day he he made his debut. So yep. congratulations by the way Thank my love. Thank you so much. We'll get all into that. But first I want to back up because I want to talk a little bit about what it must have been like going through the motion of leaving a cushiony job in Australia and taking that leap of faith and following your intuition and following your heart and just saying, you know, this is no longer serving me right now creatively. It's not filling my cup up. So I'm going to take a chance and move to Hollywood and chase my dreams. So was that scary? Like, how was that transition?
1: It was terrifying. I feel like I would never do something like that now. But looking back, you know, I was in my Mid 20s, I was like, Yeah, throw caution to the wind. I'm going to quit my well paying, (laughs) like secure job and like run off to Hollywood where I don't know anyone. And it was really scary, but I'm so glad I did it. And I'm so glad I followed that gut instinct because I, you know, I obviously wouldn't be where I am today. And I think it's really rare to challenge yourself in those ways. And I think when you're presented with an opportunity to really challenge yourself, the growth that you can get from that is just like worth its weight in gold. So
0: absolutely I'm so glad I did that. That's such a great takeaway. You cannot grow while being comfortable. You have to get uncomfortable no. to grow. Totally. And I'm sure it was pretty intimidating entering the styling world in this industry. Oh, yeah. In Hollywood. I mean, I can't even imagine having to work your way up You know, I had similar feelings to you. I was like, I kind of want to just see what it's like being behind the scenes. And so I did, you know, a a styling internship a few years ago because I thought, yes. And I cannot believe how
1: extremely difficult the work is. I mean, it is no joke. I think people look at stylists or, you know, they hear about the job of being a stylist and they think it's glitz and glamour, right? They think Hollywood, they think red carpets, they think celebrities. But so much of it is labor. Yes. You're driving around this crazy city and bumping a bumper traffic. You're throwing bags of beaded gowns in your car. You, like, I have carpal tunnel from all the garment bags I've carried <sighs> over the I'm years. Sure. It's just like, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work doing returns. I mean, and just the
0: worst being part. organized. There's so much that goes into it that I had no idea. And I quickly learned, I was like, Okay, maybe this isn't for me. I mean, I definitely admire all of the stylists now and I can empathize with, oh my gosh, how much work they have to go through.
1: You've really got to love it. Yeah. I've had assistants that I've, you know, trialed. They're like, I really want to be a stylist. I'm like, great. Do you want to like come work with me for a week and maybe I'll hire you after that? And like, they get two days in and they're like, sorry, it's really not for me. I'm like, I get it. Yeah.
0: It's rough. It's hard. (laughs) It's really rough. So how did
1: you kind of get your foot in the door in Hollywood once you arrived? So I really just had to like cold call and email and door knock. It was so out of character for me, like I'd never had to hustle really like that. So that was kind of scary to have to really like change my personality in a way and like really sell myself and trust myself and not doubt like what I was here for. So I kind of just I would email all the agencies. I would like find all the local stylists and slide into their DMs and just be like, Hey, I'll work for free. I'll like go get coffee. Like, I don't care what I have to do. like, just let me learn. Just let me get my foot in the door. And I suppose looking back, like that was kind of a tough pill to swallow. Cause you go from like being at the top of your game in Australia to like having to Than be someone's bitch, essentially. So it was it was hard, (laughs) but but you know, I I met some incredible stylists really early on who kind of took me under their wing, and then the industry is so great in that if they can't do a job and they know you're great because they've kind of used you in the past as an assistant, they'll like put you forward for jobs. So then you just like slowly build up your clientele over time.
0: That's amazing. So that's kind of how it went. Yeah, that's such a good lesson for everyone because I feel like people think it's like an overnight success, but it takes such hard work and dedication.
1: And I think it's about like riding the wave of success. You know, it's like, it's okay to be up here one moment and then to be back down here again. It's like changing career paths or, you know, moving overseas. It's like, it's okay to start again from the bottom. In fact, it's really good for you, you know? It is. I think it's really good for your growth as a person. It, It builds character and I'm grateful for it.
0: Yes. So you've worked with Mimi Cottrell. Is that who kind of helped you build up your clientele and expose you to all of these amazing celebrities and yeah. people that you've gotten to work with?
1: Mimi was so instrumental in my success. She was one of the first stylists I worked with. Actually, one of the first stylists that paid me <laughs> to assist wow. her. It was a shoot for Playboy. I think it was just the beginning of 2018. So I'd been here for a couple of months and it was her first job outside of being an assistant. Wow. It's also been really fun to, you know, watch her career take off and just go on this upwards trajectory. Definitely. Cause she's iconic. She is. Yeah. She's amazing. And I've, I've worked with her so closely over the years and we've become great friends and she's always been really great to me.
0: Oh, that's amazing to have those people totally on your side. And so do you have like a favorite look that you've styled? I mean, you've styled thousands, if not more than so that many. looks. Do you have like one that stands out in your mind that you think back on and you're like, oh my gosh, that was my favorite.
1: Oh my gosh, there are so many. I think like, More so than a look, there's like a favorite job that I've worked on. Oh, yeah. What was that? Mimi and I worked very closely, one other assistant, I think at the time, to do um, Ariana Grande's God is a Woman music video. Oh, my gosh. And that was like weeks, maybe months of preparation. And then it was like a two-week shoot, like countless custom costumes, hotel rooms just filled with clothes it was insane but it was oh. so much fun to like watch it from its conception and then see the video when it's finished it was just like an amazing experience and like creatively that's you know the stuff i live for that's so fulfilling
0: yeah one of my favorite looks that you styled i think was that look that Bella Hadid wore and i think you know what i'm talking about it's kind of like the corset the one
1: yeah yes yeah everyone loved that Oh, the best. Iconic. That was really actually stressful getting her in that because oh. it was so tight and so fragile. Really? And we were so rushed to get her because it was an after party look. So it was like, quick, like, we've got to leave. <gasps> like, get me <sighs> in this suit. I'm like, this is not a quick change. Yeah. Like, this is, this is a tight mesh. Like, we've got to be careful because if like one, like, piece of the netting, we're screwed. So... <sighs> That oh was really like, gosh. I'm sweating just thinking about it. It was oh my a lot. <laughs> <God>. I'm <laughs> sweating just thinking the about photos, it. <laughs> the photos from that look were just like iconic. Oh. They went everywhere. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah.
0: That was amazing. So now I want to ask you about how you met your husband, Luke. Oh my gosh. Actually through
1: Becca. Really? She's such a matchmaker. <laughs> Isn't she? She's so good at that. Well, actually, funny story to just backtrack. We actually grew up on the same street in Sydney yeah but we didn't meet we had to come all the way over here and date all the fuck boys to find him like it seems unfair it always works out I know it's wild but basically he he used to work at this gym in West Hollywood called training mate Mm -hmm. yeah so he was a trainer there and Becca used to take his classes and so they became friends and obviously Becca's my closest friend and she would often like post me on her Instagram or like I'd pop up on her stories or something. And Luke was always like, who is that woman? Yeah. And Becca's like, oh, she's kind of in her single girl face. She doesn't really want to date. But he kind of kept, you know, pursuing and kept asking about me. And eventually I was like, you know what? I'm going to let this guy take me on a date. And so I ended up sliding into his DMs like six months later. Oh, and I was yeah. like, hey, I heard you wanted to date me. So I'm ready. <laughs> and... I knew nothing about this guy. Like, I had no idea he was even Australian until I walked into the restaurant and he was like, Hey, how are ya? And I was like, Wait, (sighs) what? I'm like, Where are you from? Yeah. He's like, Sydney. Like, whereabouts? Bowen. I'm like, What? That's where I'm from. I'm like, What street? And we were like, No way. Like, the same street. That is
0: wow. I mean, that just blows my mind.
1: Yeah, like, meant to be. (laughs) So from that moment on, we were like, Well, You know, I suppose we're attached at the hip now. Yeah. I mean, the rest
0: has to be history from there. Absolutely. Game over. (laughs) Totally. Wow. You guys seem like such an amazing couple. Thanks, babe. It's very inspiring to see the love that you guys have built with your family, with Chaplin and now Ozzy. Oh, my gosh.
1: So cute. I'm very much still in the newborn delirium. Yeah, it is very fresh for you. So, what's your
0: relationship like with your mom? Because I feel like you guys are very close, right? And how has that influenced you to be the mom that you are now?
1: Oh my gosh, she influences me so much. Oh, she's my best friend. Growing up, it was just my mom and my sister. So, you know, the three of us formed a really, really, really close bond. And my yeah. sister has two kids and she lives in New Zealand so we're always in this kind of tug of war with my mom um, yeah. <laughs> who spends, you know, half her time in New Zealand with my sister and her kids and then half her time here and she's been here, you know, since Ozzy was born. She was here for the birth and I mean she's just such a huge help and aside from just helping around the house, she helps me to stay grounded and calm and I learn a lot from her in terms of the way that I parent and Like she kind of just reminds me to let go and to just chill out because I can be a little tightly wound sometimes. And she's like, it's fine. Let him scream. It's cool. Yeah. Like we got this. So it's nice to have her around for those moments. Good. Yeah. We have
0: to have those reminders from our mamas. I think they've just been there, done that. So they're like, you don't need to freak out. It's it's all going to be okay. So it's nice to have that person
1: in your life to be like chill out (laughs) because I need that too. And they parented so different back in the day. So my mom's always saying that, like, I learned so much from you about parenting too. Like, you know, she'll put my son down in a cot with like all these soft toys and blankets. I'm like, no, you can't do that. You're going to kill him. And she's like, well, you used to sleep in a drawer when you, you know, like... You know, I'm like, okay, well, I love it. now we have science to tell us that we can't do these things, but just it's hilarious, the dynamic.
0: It's so funny. I know. Yeah. My mom is currently visiting me right now. She's in town. And so I feel like she feels the same way. I mean, I feel like the way that they raised us was much more just chill and relaxed about things. Oh but my now, gosh, like, totally. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Mom's like, you mean to tell me that you have a bassinet that rocks him to sleep? I'm like, yeah, yeah. the snoo. Yeah. And she's like, what? I know. Technology has come such a long way. Totally. Well, we're just spoiled for information now. You know, they weren't, they didn't have like mummies groups or, or Google or Reddit or, you know, any of those things to like, they weren't overwhelmed by choices. They were just like, there's one way to do it. And that's it, which kind of, you know, sounds nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, it can be overwhelming. A lot of the times it's like, what brand of breast pump do I use? Oh, what? my gosh.
1: Oh, The choice paralysis is like debilitating.
0: Yeah. And so now I'm sure that you have already been through it all with Chaplin. Is it a lot easier now with Ozzy?
1: Because you, you already know what to do, right? Totally. I think I'm way more chill and less stressed out. There's so much like less anxiety. I also had Chaplin like, during the pandemic. I think also you had Hunter during, right? Yes. So, like, there was a lot of just outside fear during that time. Definitely. So it's different in that regard. But also, you know, the juggle is real with with two kids. So it's like, it's definitely easier, but then there are elements of it that are difficult. And I think yeah. what I've noticed that is the most difficult is splitting your attention. You know, your toddler wants to be around you yes. all the time. They want you to play with them. And it's like, you're breastfeeding around the clock. So it's like, mommy can't do that right now. And And then, you know, the mom guilt sets in and it's a whole downward spiral from there. So that's a bit of a battle, but trying to find the balance.
0: (laughs) Well, you're handling it gracefully. Thanks, babe. As everybody says, it gets easier. Yes. It's so new. You're in such the fresh
1: stage right now. Oh my gosh, I know. I'm in it.
0: Yeah, it's going to take some time. I mean, figuring out the dynamic going from three to now four, it's just like, it's such a huge
1: change. Oh my gosh, it's wild. And like leaving the house is like just an event every time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how people do it without a third person. Like we have my mom. So it's like, I don't know how people get ready to leave the house with two kids just on their own. It would take me hours.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Things that used to take me 10 minutes now take me an hour plus. It's ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I would love for you to speak on your birth stories because I know that with Chaplin, you had him in the hospital and then with Ozzy, your second birth, you chose to do a home birth. So yeah. I would love for you to speak on that.
1: Yeah, sure. I um, I think I actually had your same birth team.
0: Yes, you did. Did you use
1: Abby? Yeah. Abby,
0: yes. Abby yeah, and Abidurana Johanna and Becca. And Becca. Yep. Yeah, we did. Yeah.
1: The absolute best. Oh my gosh, I feel so lucky to have had them. And now to, you know, call them all my friends, it's just like a really, really special thing that you don't get with a hospital birth. So I come from like a culture of home where home birth is very much advocated for. I was a home birth. Yeah, I read that in your story. Yeah, my sister had both her kids at home. So, you know, when I fell pregnant with Chaplin, I just always thought that that would be what would happen. But I ended up having to have a cesarean. He was breech. And that was really disappointing to me because, you know, I I had such an uncomplicated pregnancy and I was, you know, young and fit and healthy. And then to have to get right to the end and be told, well, this is what has to happen was really upsetting. Oh oh my gosh. So the second time around, I really did everything in my power to not have a a little breech baby. (laughs) You know, I was seeing a chiropractor every week. I was walking. I was, you know, doing the spinning babies techniques towards the end of the third trimester. I really did everything I could to make sure I had the birth that I wanted. And I did. I had the most incredible home birth. My mum was there. My son was asleep in the next room. Oh. It was just like such a transformative experience. And like, I've heard so many stories of women giving birth at home and what it was like that you can't explain it, you just you just no. can't explain it to people. you have to just really experience it and you know pain aside it's the type of birth I wish for all women, yeah, like I wish all women could experience that.
0: I do too. It's such a special and transformative time, and it's very hard to put into words and articulate what exactly it is that you're feeling,
1: yeah, it's wild. you transcend, yes, you
0: transcend absolutely. Yeah all right my milf fam as you all know i'm always looking for ways to aid in becoming the most optimal version of myself mentally physically spiritually and emotionally and one of the things i do to support myself in doing this is by taking my vitamins every single day and i know it can be overwhelming sometimes with all of the supplement brands out there But one brand that I've been a huge fan of for years now is Wealthy. Two products I absolutely love by them is the Her and the Sweat. And they just recently sent me the Vision Gummies, which I am so excited to try and see the results from. Get it? See the results from the Vision Gummies? Which I think is so cool that they are pioneering advocacy for vision health because you know we're always looking at our screens every day and it's something that i think a lot of people just put on the back burner and dismiss but the her is a great way for women to get their daily dose of biotin vitamins a b c d e calcium hyaluronic acid magnesium and selenium just all of the great things that us women need and are probably lacking and it's all in one and then the sweat is something i like to take before a workout to just help enhance my burn with the natural caffeine and there's also dandelion root in there to help with my metabolism and digestion the quality of these supplements are just next level and I'm telling you, you have to go check them out. If you use the code MILFBOD, you get 25% off your first order when you go check out at imwealthy.com. That's code MILFBOD, M-I-L-F-B-O-D at checkout at I'm Wealthy, I-M-W-E-L-L-T-H-Y, Dot com to get twenty five percent off your first order. Enjoy everybody. So I wanted to ask you what it was like having Chaplin be there being present because the photos are so beautiful, by the way. Did Becca take those? Yeah.
1: Oh right? she did incredible such a great job. She did an amazing job. As well as, you know, giving being me massages there. and yeah. like Coaching me through it. She's there, like taking the most incredible photos. I'm like, how'd you do all that?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So that's something that I think about a lot is like, you know, of course, when I have my second baby, I want to do another home birth. And of course, I want Hunter to be there. But was it distracting for you? Was it comforting? Like, how did you handle that?
1: Well, so early labor, he was awake and around. And that was really beautiful because obviously it wasn't that intense. Yeah. Yeah. But then when it, Became quite intense, you know, towards transition and the pushing stage, he was asleep. So he didn't wake up at all. And I'm kind of glad for that. I think he might be a little too young to understand and he would just associate what he was seeing with mummies in pain. It might be a bit scary. He's very sensitive. So I think like it just might not have been fun for him. Right. So I'm kind of glad he was asleep. But I think, you know, had he been older, like if I have another child and have another home birth and he's a little older I would I would love love for him to be there but when I can explain to him the physiology of birth and like what's happening and mummy's not in pain like, you know when he understands that I think that it would be beautiful to have him there
0: yeah that seems like it worked out perfectly the timing of it all that's
1: great totally and I don't honestly I don't know how he slept through it because I was making <laughs> I was some say. really wild sounds <laughs>
0: <laughs> and As just like we yelling, all do, we...
1: yelling at Becca and Abby, like yelling at them, I was so angry. There was a point where I was just so angry at them.
0: <laughs> oh, I know. You go through those phases of being basically an animal. You just turn oh, into an it's animal,
1: wild. You just can't control what comes yeah. out of your mouth.
0: Wow. Well, congratulations on a very successful and beautiful home birth. That is thank you. That is amazing. So, I want to talk a little bit about your work with. Bump suit. Yeah. Because that's a very amazing brand having to do with pregnancy and postpartum and all of the things. So how did you get involved with them?
1: So um, I actually modeled for them when I was, I think I was like six months pregnant with Ozzy. Oh yeah, yeah. Cause you're on the billboard with yeah, Ozzy. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah. Oh my was, that wasn't a fake bump. That was a real one. Yes, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So Nicole, who owns Bump suit, Uh, is an Australian. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. She's an Aussie. So we have like a lot of friends in common and she's just, she's incredible. You know, she, she started Bumpsuit, you know, she's trying to fill the gap in the maternity fashion market because maternity clothes are horrendous. Oh yeah. And she has, she really has. And so she's just trying to make pregnant women feel sexy and good about themselves and comfortable and not have to, you know, put on something they don't feel good in, you know, that's the whole point of Bumpsuit. Um, And, you know, it's about creating community. She's really trying to create a community of women that, you know, share that same ethos that just want to feel good and feel comfortable. And it's great. I'm so excited to like be a part of her success, a
0: small part, but a part. Right. Yeah. The brand is very beautiful aesthetically and it's just so empowering and it's so cool that you were on the billboard. It was Ozzy's
1: first billboard. What I the know. Heck? So cute. His first <laughs> billboard. He's been a model since before he was alive.
0: Right. Yeah. Same with Hunter, actually, now that I think about it, because really? I would do a lot of maternity shoots. I was, Oh my he, gosh. he
1: never made it onto a billboard though. I can't wait till you're pregnant again. You're going <laughs> to have to model for Bumsuit. Like, I'm signing you up right that. now.
0: I know. She's definitely someone that I've had on my list since the beginning that I want to interview. So,
1: oh my gosh, you have to. She's incredible. She's she's gorgeous. She's just so nice. Yeah. She's like just so chill and lovely and easygoing. And, you know, she always says to me, Bumps, it's not about making money, it's about making women feel beautiful. And she puts everything she earns back into the business.
0: Oh that's when you know that it's coming yeah. from a good place of passion totally. and yes that's amazing. Okay so let's dive into the acronym milf. What are some things that you do to stay mindful?
1: I think it changes all the time depending on like what season of my life I'm in. At the moment I've really become accustomed to my morning routine. <laughs> I've never had a morning routine before but I've noticed that by having a morning routine that really helps me stay mindful.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: And it's very easy and very simple. It probably takes 10 minutes all up, but it really helps me to do something first thing in the morning that immediately gets me out of my head and into my body. Yeah. What does that consist of, your morning routine? So I do a minute of breath work, and then I do a three-minute cold plunge in a 40-degree tub. (gasps) Yeah, it's chilly. And then I stun gaze for five minutes. So, like getting low level sunlight into your eyes first thing in the morning. And that, honestly, that's it. Those three things are
0: like the most powerful things that you can do, especially first thing in the morning.
1: No, it's literally the best thing you can do. And it's also the best thing you can do for your sleep. So,
0: you know, if you're a new
1: mom, like in the newborn phase, like I am, you might not be getting a lot of sleep, but there are things you can do throughout the day to make sure that the little sleep that you're getting is quality sleep. Yes. And one of those things is getting sun in your eyes first thing in the morning. So I'm like meticulous about that.
0: I need to start implementing all of those things. I know that it definitely takes commitment, but like you said, it, all it takes is ten minutes, and so right, it's so hard because I know all of these things in my mind, but I, th- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I could just stay
1: in bed and use the extra sleep. Totally. And then once you see the rewards of those things, you become addicted to it. Like I look forward yeah. to diving into a forty degree tub in the morning. Like that's insane. If you had told me that months ago, I'd have been like, no way. Like I hate the cold. But I honestly can't function throughout the day without it. It
0: takes so much discipline. And I feel like a lot of people who do practice that, they say, you know, you're getting the hardest thing in your day done the very first thing. So it's yep. like you feel like you've accomplished so much just within those three minutes of your day.
1: Totally. And like as a working mom, to be able to tick off your self-care first thing in the morning yeah, within 10 minutes, it's like, wow, sign me up.
0: Okay. Okay. You inspired <laughs> me. I, I got to get, get on onto that. It. Okay. So next how do you listen to your intuition?
1: As a mom, I've noticed that I rely on it a lot more. Yes. As mothers we're biologically wired to be nurturing and caring and so by design we're, you know, more sensitive to threats. So I really make sure I focus on how things outside of my body are making me feel, how people make me feel, how the environment makes me feel, how what I'm eating makes me feel you know, my my intuition led me home to Australia to have my baby during the pandemic. And that was one of the best decisions I ever made. And I really followed that gut instinct. I was like, I think that we need to be home to have this baby. I'm really scared of what this country looks like during this time. And so, you know, had I not have followed that, I think I would have had a wildly different pregnancy and probably birth. You know, my husband probably wouldn't have been allowed in the room, all of these things. So I think I've just, learned to trust myself a lot more. Like trust my gut. Trust my body. If my body's responding to something, like pay attention to that. And like roll with that. And my intuition has always, you know, led me to the right place.
0: I actually didn't realize that you gave birth to Chaplin in Australia. That's amazing because it definitely would have been a much different experience if you had chosen to stay here. And that's right. That was also another big factor as to why I chose to do a home birth as well. Because totally. just all of these regulations and
1: it was scary. It was a scary time.
0: Yeah, it was. But that's great that your intuition and your gut and your heart told you, you know, I need to go home for this.
1: Yeah. And we were back there for a year. And we spent so much time with family and it was such oh, a blessing in perfect. disguise. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Okay, so next, what are some of your
1: lifestyle non-negotiables? There's so many and again I think it changes, you know. For right now it's like pretty simple. It's sleep, sunshine and social connection. I need yes, quality sleep. I need to do everything in my power throughout the day to optimize my sleep. And part of that is sunshine in the morning. Plus sunshine just feels so good. <laughs> it releases serotonin, it, you know, oh. boosts your mood. It's so good for your well-being. It makes such a huge difference. Yeah. It makes a huge difference to, to your sleep, sets your circadian rhythm, just all these benefits, you know? Yeah. And then social connection. You know, I, I'm an extroverted person. I draw energy from being around people, from being around my friends. So I really need like some sort of deep human connection every day. And, and my husband and I, uh, Are very meticulous we make sure that we have dinner with each other every single night we cook a home cooked meal we sit down without our phones we talk to each Mm -hmm. other we discuss the day we discuss our futures anything that's ailing us but you know I really look forward to those evenings with him because it's just a way for us to work on our marriage without working on it you know yeah but also for me to get that much needed social connection that I crave throughout the day and to also talk about something that's not like dirty diapers and oh, sleep schedules and just to be like, oh, let's talk about something fun. Like, fun. Yes,
0: I know. So you boiled it down to the three S's, which is cool. So it's sunshine, sleep and social connection. Those are great.
1: The Holy Grail.
0: Yes, the Holy Grail. And next, what do you do for your fitness routine? I know that you are still Gosh. so so, yeah. fresh. So, yeah. I mean, so fresh. So I mean, it's
1: different right now, I'm sure than what it normally looks like. I'm definitely in my slow season right now. Yeah. I mean, as you should be. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that. I'm actually really kind of loving it. And to be honest, I've been in my slow season for probably six months now. I've spent my, my life over exercising and crash dieting and, you know, talking really badly about my body. And I think Going through pregnancies and labours, it really humbles you in relationship with your body. You know, you've seen it do something so amazing. So like now I I don't do anything in terms of like fitness or exercise. It doesn't feel good, you know, that doesn't set my soul on fire. I'm not working out to look a certain way or you know, because I wanna look good for my boyfriend or whatever it is. I'm exercising because I know it's gonna boost my mood and give me energy and You know, there's no structure to it at the moment, which I also really like. If I feel like working out, I'll work out. If I have five minutes, I'll, you know, do a quick, I don't know, yoga breath work or whatever it is. So, yeah, I mean, it's different every day, but I'm enjoying where it's at and I'm just cruising, which is exactly where I think I should be.
0: Yes, that's exactly where you should be. And I think that everybody can take away from what you just said. Just not putting so much pressure on yourself and and finding that respect and gratitude for your body just for all that it does. Just the fact that we wake up and breathe and we're alive right now. I mean, just take that into account. Absolutely. Yeah, it's all about listening to yourself and listening to what feels good for you.
1: Yeah, and like someone else might feel good working out twice a day, six days a week. I don't, like I've learned that about my body. I'm like two to three days a week, I'm good like that's Same. all I need, you know the other days I can walk like as long as i I moved to some degree, I don't need to be like doing these crazy hit workouts and working up a sweat and like
0: yes. exercising
1: so vigorously it's like no, I can you know this feels good for me. this is what works with my well being definitely, okay, my love. One question that I ask each
0: guest at the end of every episode is if you could go back in time. And give yourself one piece of advice. What would you say to little Cara? Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> little Cara. Oh uh, my God. She was so cute. I, but she was so cute. She was really shy and really lacked oh. confidence. Oh. I'd probably just tell her to take the risk. Like, take That's all awesome. the risks. Yes. Yeah. Like, don't be afraid. Like, they always pay off, you know, jump and the net will appear. Yeah, um, I think I, love I spent that. so much of my life like worrying about whether I'm making the right decision or not when I could have just been spending that time taking the steps to do what I wanted to do. Right. So yeah, less less worry, more action and take the risk cuz it'll well, it has. It's always paid off for me. So
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good one. I know. I wish I could have told myself that too. I feel like we just spend so much time in our heads overthinking things. I think we're just wired that way as women in general.
1: Absolutely.
0: But that's a very good one. There's so many amazing takeaways from everything that you just said. And I appreciate you so much taking the time to talk with me and um, inspire everybody. So will you just um, drop your Instagram handle or just let everybody know where they can find you and work with you and connect all things? Um, my Instagram
1: is at Cara Cook Style. I love following your page. Oh, thanks, babe. It's a combination of all the good things. All oh, his style and babies, basically, yes. is what you're going to get. <laughs> Fashion and babies. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> okay, babe. Well, um, we will talk very soon. And thank you so much for joining me today. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to the show. I hope you gained some insight on how to practice becoming more mindful, learn the importance of listening to your intuition, gain some lifestyle takeaways and fitness tips. You can find me on Instagram at CherokeeLuker and the podcast at Pod. So make sure you follow me to access exclusive content to help you become a better you, a better mother, and a better human. Talk to you guys next week about all things MILF.